2: This is the John Fuglesang podcast.
3: This is Sirius XM Progress, and you're listening to Tell Me Everything. And I just want to start off here with a big thank you for sharing the evening with us tonight. Now, you might have guessed it already, but I am not John Fuglesang. I'm Max Burns, Democratic Strategist and Sirius XM Contributor. And I'm filling in for John while he gets some much-needed R&R after what I can only describe as one of the craziest times in American political history. And man, oh man, there is so much to cover tonight. This hour, we're going to be talking a bit about the terrible white supremacist mass shooting in Florida, the cynical way Republicans are running away from it. We're going to get into some Vivek Ramaswamy drama, and we're taking your calls throughout the evening. And, oh yeah, we have some great guests tonight including writer and activist Parker Malloy, our friend from the Commonwealth of Virginia, Delegate Dan Helmer, and a special guest, New York Congressman Dan Goldman, here to join us for an expansive talk about gun safety and what Democrats need to be doing in Congress. Goldman has a new package of gun reform bills ready to put up for a vote. And would it surprise you to know that Republicans are so afraid of that bill that they're absolutely refusing to even let it hit the floor? It's going to be a great conversation, so don't miss it. And we're taking your calls all night. Number is 866-997-4748. That's 866-997-GRIT. And then on Tuesday, we've got one of my good friends, Amanda Moore, talking to us about how the far right is using the online recruitment machines of social media to build up their ranks. Now, I'd love to get your takes on all of this crazy news, so definitely do call in. We have Chris Hosselt. Coming to us from South Carolina, our executive producer, we have Thea Harper producing the show in Brooklyn, and I'm coming to you live from the Burns Center for Broadcasting in beautiful but very, very swampy Manhattan. Now, it's already August 28th, means we're 240 days into the year, or four Trump indictments, depending on which calendar you keep. And this year has not disappointed. In a tribute to John, we're going to do some important milestones as well. Filmmaker David Fincher, he was born on this day in 1962. And if you haven't seen the movie Seven, I really don't know what you're doing with your life. St. Augustine of Hippo died on this day in 430. He did some pretty cool stuff, including writing a bunch of thoughtful commentary about the message of Jesus and the compassion of God that our Republican friends have completely ignored. And speaking of which, today, Mr. Pope Francis himself criticized American Catholic conservatives or, quote, replacing faith with ideology and focusing too much on exclusionary social issues instead of spreading the message of Christ. The Pope said the church should be pursuing social justice issues, including environmental stewardship, helping the poor. And that's set the American Catholic world on fire because doing all that would really cut into the gay bashing time. The Pope called conservative American Catholic leaders backwards for ignoring his message of inclusiveness. To which American Catholics responded, hey, who died and made you Pope? Oh, wait, never mind. Now, there's also a big anniversary today. This is the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, which in my mind is one of the most misunderstood events in American history. Uh, We saw people like House Speaker Kevin McCarthy saying that he supports everything Martin Luther King fought for and that he wants to advance the message Martin Luther King put forward in his, I have a dream speech, but I'll tell you for a speech that's so iconic, we only seem to remember the last five minutes. And that's really done a lot to sanitize away the really radical social message. Martin Luther King was talking about. If you take a look at what the actual March on Washington was demanding, it's shocking to modernize. You see things far beyond just a civil rights bill, They called for withholding federal funds from any programs that discriminated against Black Americans. They called for the enforcement of a 14th Amendment clause that would reduce representation of the states in states where citizens are facing segregation. And most interestingly, they called for a minimum wage act that would, in their words, give all Americans, Black and white, a decent standard of living. They pegged that at $2 an hour in 1963, which would be the equivalent of about $22 today. The current minimum wage is about $7.25. So we've clearly failed on that front. They've also called for authorizing the attorney general to institute injunctive suits to bring states to court when they violate civil rights, something that the Department of Justice is only now under Joe Biden really finding its teeth to do. So in many ways, the promises of that march and that speech have gone completely unrecognized. And I'll tell you, you see Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who was on Fox News today talking about some conspiracy or other, and he had nothing to say to Republican commentators who compared Donald Trump's arrest to Martin Luther King's time in the Birmingham jail. And for a man whose father eulogized Martin Luther King in June of 1968 in Indianapolis and who was a civil rights leader himself, It is disgraceful to hear Mr. Kennedy's silence on this. The man certainly knows better, but he's put catering to far-right political interests ahead of his own principles, and that is something truly indefensible. There's also a simmering storm in the Gulf of Mexico that's expected to strengthen into a tropical storm before it hits Florida tomorrow or Wednesday morning. Evacuations are already in place along the Gulf Coast, But you won't find Ron DeSantis in Florida. You'll find him on the campaign trail, where he's leaving his voters to fend for themselves in an area that was already devastated by hurricanes just last year. Now, we already have a few callers here on the line. I want to jump in here with Mitch from Kent State, who wants to chat about the shooting in Jacksonville, which I'm going to jump into in just a second here. But Mitch, I'd love to know what's on your mind.
4: Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Uh yeah, just another day in America, huh? I mean, uh first of all, Ron DeSantis, you know, uh it takes a scumbag to know a scumbag, you know, and he uh with his uh his little uh speech there afterwards. Uh I just uh you know, it this gun debate, I mean, my God, it's just you know, it it, it just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat every day. Even even here in Ohio, we've uh uh in Columbus we had a shooting uh not too long ago and uh uh, the easy access. I mean, you name it. I mean, they. You know, the GOP always gives an excuse about, uh, you know, the, the mental uh, health aspect. Yeah, that's part of it, but I think the main. The main. The main show is access, easy access. I, I, I this guy. I guess he did clear to get the guns, but uh, there's just something wrong. There's there's still uh, ways to slip through the system, and uh, somehow, some way, they're finding ways to, uh, to to finagle the whole whole thing and uh, uh, and, and get their way. It's just uh, and then on top of that being racially motivated, it just uh, you know makes it twice as bad. And I just uh, my God, I know it just it leaves me speechless. It really does. I have you know I. I we have so many opinions, maybe we could just have some sort of a mass uh meeting of the minds and it it has got to be a way to uh to to uh come up come up with some sort of an answer i mean there's uh I don't know. I'm sorry, Max, I'm just lost words. It's just it's just so uh, aggravating. It really is. And, uh,
3: and well, I'll tell you, I I agree with you completely. I mean, Ron DeSantis has never met an issue he wasn't willing to run away from unless that's beating up on trans kids or black students. And right. the reality is we saw the Jacksonville sheriff say, you know, the problem isn't the guns, it's the people that he could leave his gun on the counter and a bad guy would pick it up and cause crime with it. But, you know, I think he made a point he didn't think he was making is that there is a policy. This this country's addiction to guns is such that we're essentially just leaving these guns on the counter and letting whoever wants them pick them up. I mean, this guy had a record of incredibly disturbing social media posts, things that should in any functional country at least give pause for giving this man a gun. But he was able to build up these weapons and go out and Attempt to do even more violence. I mean, he never hid his beliefs. And it's really shocking that in all of this, you've not heard Ron DeSantis or really any Republican condemn the white supremacist aspect of this because they'd be insulting their own base.
4: Exactly. That's the that's the one thing they're uh, they're afraid of their base, you know. They're, they're totally because uh, they losing out on uh, on their support from that base. But you know, America, I know we're different from a lot of other countries. But there's other countries that. You know they've found ways. If you come up with solutions. You know Australia, uh, Canada, so on. That uh, you don't hear about this in other countries. We're just we're, we're, we're a hundredfold. We're a hundredfold compared to those other countries with this problem. Uh, you know it's it, why, why why are we so unique to this? Why is the United States so unique to this? And it, 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 there's got to be, we have to pinpoint it. Let's phase it between the, between the uh, the bigots and uh, and uh, and, the, and, the, and the, these uh, I don't know one track mind people that uh, think that it's, it's their way or the highway. They 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 have this uh, how do you say? There's other countries that that have learned, they've learned from their mistakes and they've uh, adjusted. And there there's, there has to be some sort of solution that we maybe could uh, blueprint. Or at least, well, you, uh,
3: you've hit on, a, I think, a great point there, which is that, that other countries have had violent mass shootings, but they've ooh. had one and then they've learned right. and then they've passed laws that have stopped right. this from happening. I mean, right. we know from police today, this man tried at least once to access the grounds of Edward Waters University, a historically black college. And thank God security turned him away or we'd be talking about something even worse. But in a country like America where we have these multiple times a day, another shooting at UNC just today, it does sort of beggar belief that in a country where a supermajority of Americans believe in gun control legislation, we're still taking marching orders from gun manufacturers and gun lobbies that represent a super minority of voters. And that's Republican policy to the core.
4: Yeah, you know, well, the uh, the NRA, number one, uh, I mean, I mean, there. I know they're... Uh, uh, there may not be as uh like back in the 80s you know as far as, as uh, having that that much uh power but they still are uh, they are still there' they're, they're still a force and uh you know it's just uh, it's like I say New Zealand look at New Zealand when they had the mass shooting in New zealand they I mean, they wasted no time. They wasted no time in uh, in, in adjusting and, and and figuring out the problem and make, and with a solution. And, and and since then, it's been you know things have been uh, uh, great. And just uh, why can't we even have a tenth of that? You know, just just a incremental of that, showing some progress that uh, you know that we're learning, and we're evolving. That we're freaking evolving, you know. A guns, great. Go, 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 go do your, your hunting and, and whatever you do, whatever else you do with it. But my God, for just uh, the the access is just just uh, unfathomable. You know, the access to, to almost anybody. And by the way, I agree
5: completely. Yeah,
4: you know, and, and, and by the way, of course, 1955 on this date, uh, the death of Emmett Hill. I mean, my God, you know, another anniversary that uh, uh, just you know brought brought this whole thing to the forefront. And absolutely. Uh,
3: Absolutely. Mitch, I appreciate your call. And I, I I agree completely. I mean, we actually have a clip. I'm going to play a clip here, A1, of Ron DeSantis choosing to name call the shooter instead of actually proposed policy solutions. Take a listen.
2: I was able to speak with Sheriff T.K. Waters in Jacksonville about the horrific shooting that took place. This shooting, based on the manifesto that they've discovered from the scumbag that did this, was racially motivated. Uh, He was targeting people based on their race. Uh, That is totally unacceptable. Uh, This guy killed himself rather than face the music and accept responsibility for his actions. And so he took the coward's way out, but we condemn what happened in the strongest possible terms. We've offered support for uh, Sheriff Waters and the city of Jacksonville, and we send our condolences to the victims and their families uh, who were the victims of, uh, of a very cowardly act.
3: More pointless thoughts and prayers from Ron DeSantis and the GOP. And now he's saying targeting people for their race has no place in Florida. But this is the same guy who targeted AP black history in Florida schools and said it was un-American. It's the same guy who kept Florida's gun laws loose enough to drive a bus full of Nazis through. It's the same guy who made his career out of vilifying trans people and gay people and portrayed black Floridians as invaders. Ron DeSantis built the Florida that made this mass shooting inevitable. And that violence starts piling up the bodies real quick. It's a real profile and courage from Ron DeSantis. Now, we're actually going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, I'll be talking with someone who's faced this up close and personal, Virginia Delegate Dan Helmer. And remember, you can always give us a call at 866-997-4748. You're listening to Sirius XM Progress. Stick around.
0: sleeping dogs now on digital that's sleepingdogsmovie.com dot slash Wondery
5: man that sunset is gorgeous
0: grill patio sunset hard to get better than that
5: unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in oh burger time so sit back get comfortable Carvana's got thousands of cars under
6: $20,000 just waiting for you
5: I could stay here forever
6: Carvana
2: Freaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do.
3: Welcome back, folks. If you're just tuning in, I'm Max Burns, and you are indeed listening to Tell Me Everything, where I'm sitting in for the one and only John Fugel saying this week. Now, We talk a lot of national politics on the show, and that stuff is really important. Don't get me wrong. But I have a real soft spot in my heart for local politics, which I should probably get checked out, honestly. But local politics is where the real action is. It's the place where voters are closest to their elected leaders and where your voice has the biggest impact. I'm also a proud former Virginian, and our next guest combines both of those things, Delegate Dan Helmer. He represents some parts of the Commonwealth near and dear to my heart. Fairfax, home of the world-class George Mason University, and parts of Prince William County. Delegate Helmer is a West Point grad who served tours in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Korea, and he continues to serve his country as a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserve. He's also been a champion for protecting health care, including abortion access, which has become one of the hot-button issues in Virginia this cycle. Delegate Helmer, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for
1: having me, Max. Excited to be on with you.
3: Now, there's a lot I want to get to, but I want to start with Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin's latest play to the extreme right. Now, Youngkin, I see, is positioning himself publicly as one of those so-called grown-ups in the room, but he's now pushing a ban on abortion at 15 weeks, even though most Virginians have made clear they don't want that. So what on earth is Youngkin thinking? Well,
1: Max, I want to go ahead and not accept the premise which uh, the governor and MAGA extremists throughout Virginia have talked about timelines for an abortion ban. But what we've seen them actually propose, as they have in other southern states, is a complete extreme ban on abortion, bans on some forms of contraception, and even bans on fertility treatments for Virginia couples seeking to start a family who are facing infertility. So we have seen legislation they've passed. We've seen every single MAGA Republican in the House of Delegates vote against opportunities to make sure that the governor and the attorney general don't interfere in health care decisions of women in Virginia. And so uh, we have seen that. And in response to the extreme abortion ban, he has publicly proposed, even while saying he would sign any ban that gets to his desk, a constituent reached out to me and sent me a letter. She said I could share her story. It said that for years, she and her husband had tried to get pregnant. And after multiple BF, she finally did, only to find out devastatingly after 16 weeks that her fetus was unviable, would likely die in the womb, and would certainly never survive birth. And, And she said that today she... Still feels the pain over that loss. But imagine in a post row America, in a yunkin controlled Virginia, she would have experienced a pain magnitudes greater. That's the extremism we're facing from Glenn Yunkin and the MAG extremists in the House.
3: And it really is just that. It's extremism. And Virginia has been trading control back and forth in the legislature since I can remember. And you've been a real fighter for protecting abortion rights in the House of Delegates. I'm curious what you and your colleagues are doing to try and protect abortion access uh, however you guys can.
1: The moment we take a majority, and Max, it only takes three seats out of the uh, 13 that President Biden won that we don't have today. We only take three back. So we need everybody's help who's listening in today. But when we do that, we will pass a constitutional Mm -hmm. amendment to enshrine access to safe and legal abortion in Virginia's constitution and ensure that women, not Richmond politicians, make their own health care decisions. That's what we're ready to do.
3: And we've really seen the results here have been shocking. I mean, there's a sharp decline in family planning clinics operating in the Commonwealth. 90% of Virginia counties have no clinics that provide abortion and 80% of Virginia women live in those counties. So I'm curious what uh, if, if the majority does come back, what is the plan to not just codify protections, but also to try and bring back some of these organizations that have, quite frankly, been driven out by threats of violence, by threats of prosecution? It really is mind boggling.
1: Max, we have so much work to do. And the challenge is even greater than what you're suggesting, because Virginia is the last state in the South that hasn't passed onerous and medically unnecessary restrictions on abortion. So at the same time that we have access issues already for Virginia women, women from all over the South need to come to Virginia for access to abortion services. And so we need to invest deeply in attracting excellent nurses and doctors in changing the conversation and in ensuring that the funding is available so that no Virginian seeking health care of any sort faces the sorts of barriers that many women face today.
3: Now, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Tell Me Everything. I'm Max Burns chatting with our guest, Virginia Delegate Dan Helmer, and we've been talking about the state of abortion rights in Virginia. Now, Delegate Helmer, let me change gears for just a minute, because we just saw this terrible neo-Nazi hate crime in Florida where a gunman killed three black shoppers in a shooting police say targeted black people. And I know you have some very strong views on guns yourself. I'm curious what you want to do to bring smarter gun safety policies to Virginia.
1: You know, Max, I, I served, as you noted in your introduction, in, in war zones in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's questionable to me that the number one cause of death for children in Virginia is firearms unimaginable. And when Democrats had a trifecta, we passed universal background checks. We gave localities the ability to keep firearms out of public parks and playgrounds. And we have a lot of work left to do for those of us like me who believe that you should be able to shop in a Walmart you should be able to study at the University of Virginia. You should be able to go out on a, str- a stroll at night with your family without fear of a bullet. And we have seen extreme gun laws try to be passed by Virginia's MAGA Republicans, including rolling back red flag laws and background shacks, trying to put pistols in playgrounds, universal carry. I, on the other hand, am proud to have championed a ban on extended magazines that cause much of the carnage in these mass shooting situations, I'm proud to support a mandatory wait period on the purchase of firearms, which we know in the case of the shooting at Walmart that many have heard about uh, would have potentially stopped that shooting. So there are real opportunities for those of us who are willing to keep our communities safe and fight to keep our communities safe. And and really it's sad that this has become a partisan issue. This is something keeping our families, our communities safe that we should be able to join arms on in common cause. And it's just shameful that that hasn't been able to happen.
3: And these are are really issues that Virginians agree with you on. I mean, most Virginians support, as do most Americans, support responsible gun safety background checks. They support waiting periods. But there seems to be this disconnect. I mean, the lieutenant governor poses with an AR-15 as if it's a piece of jewelry, which doesn't scream to me safe and responsible gun ownership. It's almost as if they are rubbing it in the faces of people who are concerned that their concerns don't matter.
1: When your retreats are sponsored by the NRA, when the Virginia Citizens Defense League, most famous for its founder, uh, advertising kindergartens, this idea that you would provide firearms to children as young as four or five, when those are the people that dominate the debate we're not catering to most virginians but rather have a handful extremists of extremists and the gun lobby influencing how MAGA republicans approach legislation and we need to flip three seats 72 days from now to make sure we are in the majority and make sure we are able to keep virginia streets safe
3: And now there's also increased talk. And I know as as one of the few public servants who's actually served his country in uniform, uh, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on Congresswoman Abigail Spanberger. She's considering a run for governor. She's been really taking it to Alabama's Tommy Tuberville for blocking military confirmations that are actively hurting her district. Now, do you think she's going to jump in the race? Well, I'm not going to speculate, Max.
1: I will say that uh, (laughs) Abigail has been an incredible public servant. And I've heard her name alongside of other folks like Mayor LeVar Stoney in Richmond. Uh, So I will let them make their own declarations. But I will say that she has been right to stand up to what Senator Tuberville is doing. It is un-American. It is unpatriotic. And it is shameful that in this day and age, Women who choose to put on the uniform and call themselves our sisters in arms, that their lives in healthcare is dependent on the state, which they have no choice about being sent to, and that we have senators like Tuberville, that Abigail Spanberger has proudly stood up to, who are locking military readiness, making our national security worse, at a time of increased threats around the world because they want to prevent women who serve their country from having access to the same rights that we expect for all women
3: i mean you really i think lay out the case clearly there that it is tommy tuberville saying that he does not believe that female service members should have equal health care to men that he's not complaining about the amount that the pentagon spends on viagra every year He's actually holding up now three of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He's The military is clearly saying he's threatening military readiness. And this is the party that claims to be the party of supporting the troops. It really does sort of stop at the door, doesn't it?
1: Well, it's really hard. I mean, uh, the senator aside, it's really hard to claim to be the party that supports the troops when after they serve, you're not willing to help fight for good union jobs in the state's where those troops go and live and work, where too many of our troops after serving don't have access to the same job opportunities as their civilian counterparts. And so fighting for working families, making sure that Virginia and other states throughout the country serve the interests of average Americans and not of the biggest corporate donor That is critical, not just to supporting all Americans, but to supporting our troops as well. And so it goes well beyond abortion care, but goes into other areas of ensuring economic opportunity and making sure you don't just wave the flag, but actually support
3: the troops. And in just the few minutes we have left, I'd love to get your thoughts on what what you think as someone who's run for federal office yourself, uh, what the game plan is for essentially selling The idea that Glenn Youngkin is an extremist, he's done a very good job so far of convincing voters that he's a very traditional establishment investment hedge fund Republican. But as you say, he embodies some of the most extreme MAGA policies out there. He just happens to do it with a dorky sweater vest on.
1: Well, Max, I I am far more focused as campaign chair for the House Democratic Caucus on making sure that Democrats are in the driver's seat and have a majority this November. And what I can tell you is that MAGA extremists have launched a war on our schools. They think that our kids ought only to be able to learn topics that MAGA extremists say aren't controversial. And when I say controversial, they think things like teaching Martin Luther King or that indigenous people aren't immigrants. They say that those are controversial things. Uh, They uh, have really, really launched a a terrible, terrible assault on our classrooms, and we need to make sure that we win because we want our kids to learn all of our history because how can you be a proud patriotic American if you don't understand where we've come from? They are seeking to ban, uh, put in place extreme medically unnecessary abortion bans, and they're seeking to do things with the gun laws that we passed in Virginia that would make our streets desperately unsafe. and So I'm very focused on that. And I think uh, the great, diverse, experienced and highly capable people we have running in these critical districts are focused on that, too.
3: It really is something that's always blown my mind that Virginia, a state whose history is so closely tied in with Native Americans, is now making such a concerted effort to erase them from public school, from history in general. It feels like up until a few years ago, they were still very strongly standing behind the Confederate flag. And that's sort of moved down a bit as they've removed statues. But now they've sort of taken it out on Native Americans and said, if we can't remember these Confederate war criminals, well, we can't talk about Native Americans either.
1: I mean, Max, they're saying that our teachers should have to teach what they call both sides of the Holocaust and Jim Crow. I mean, it truly is extreme when you get down to Uh, the things that they are trying to do we proposed some amendments uh, last year to a bill that they put forward that said that teachers shouldn't teach divisive concepts and we said well teaching about the history of slavery is not a divisive concept and every single MAGA republican voted it down and we said well teaching about science is not a divisive concept and every single MAGA republican voted it down so we have a lot of work to do in the commonwealth of virginia in 72 days and ask the help of everyone who's listening in because it's going to take all of us. You've got folks like Nazi memorabilia collector Harlan Crow, who when he's not sponsoring Clarence Thomas's vacations, he's sending million dollar donations to our governor to take the house. And if you have a chance and you're listening today to go to secureprogress.org, uh, which is our leadership pack, and make a contribution, you you too can help in this fight because it's critical.
3: Uh, Delegate Helmer, I think I'm incredibly reassured we've got someone like you fighting this fight. My guest has been the wonderful Virginia Delegate Dan Helmer. And just before we go, let us know how we can get in touch with you.
1: Well, anybody who's interested, please reach out. Uh, As I said, you can go to our website, secureprogress.org, or you can go to danhelmer.com, and there's a Contact Us button, and we would love love to hear from you and love to have your support because I know that if everybody who's listening in tonight pitches in a few dollars, makes a few phone calls, knocks a few doors that we can win, and in doing so, set the stage not only for what Virginia can be in 2023, but what our country can be in 2024.
3: Delegate Helmer, thank you so much for spending some of your evening with us here on Tell Me Everything. Uh, You're listening to SiriusXM Progress. We have a bunch of calls lined up. Uh, Give us your thoughts at 866-997-4748. Stick around.
8: Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Friends, I hope you'll join me on my audio podcast, Justice Matters. We talk about not only the legal issues of the day, but we also talk about the need to reform ethics in our government. Here's one example, the oath of office. You know the one. I do solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Let's add 22 words to that oath. Quote. And I will promptly report any instances of crime and or corruption by government officials and employees of which I become aware. Friends, our democracy is worth fighting for. Join us in this fight because justice matters. Look for Justice Matters wherever you ordinarily find your
3: podcasts. Hey, folks, welcome back to Tell Me Everything with John Fugel saying with Max Burns. I'm sitting in for John this week, and it's a real pleasure to be here with you. We're taking calls this evening at 866-997-4748. And I was thinking during the break what a treat it was to have Delegate Helmer on just now, because we focus so much on the national politics that it's easy to forget that the biggest fights are taking place in states and that Republicans are doing some of their most indefensible attacks on our freedom in the states. But we're going to jump to your calls. Some of the most patient people I have ever seen. I'm going to jump to Chris in California. Uh, Chris, I have some thoughts on gun control.
6: Hey, how you doing, Max? How are you? Um, I'm all right. Um, I would consider myself more of a libertarian and I really can't stand uh, Republicans or Democrats. Um, no offense, but and when it comes to gun control, I'm in California. It's pretty much the capital. I mean, I could list off we have everything you want here, but it doesn't stop anything in California. I don't see. So you get, you get, you get the so-called assault weapons ban. What, what's next? Cause one of the, uh, there's a lot of mass shootings that aren't talked about that AR-15s aren't involved. They're AK-47s. It's a semi-automatic pistol. It's a pump action shotgun. The right after, unfortunately, right after, uh, gosh, there's, uh, my brain is farting on me. But uh, the Santa Fe High School one, that mass shooter, he had a, a, a Remington 870 12 gauge and a revolver, and he still managed to kill nine people. And yep. those aren't these evil guns that that a lot of people talk about. It's because of a cosmetic feature on an AR-15. I mean, honestly. Uh, what what well, what what can you propose besides a buy besides well i'm sorry i'll let you I'll go ahead go ahead i'm sorry i let, let you No i'm I'm
3: glad you you asked i mean that's a great question because you're right california has some of the strictest gun laws in the country one of the challenges is as experts have said there are so many guns in the united states that they travel across borders very easily i mean you can have a state like illinois that has strict gun laws but a state like indiana that has none and those guns drive right up the highway into chicago I mean you look yeah, at but, California.
6: But... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, but I mean what is the percentage? I mean that's that's what you have to say. Um that that's what you I mean unless you you go door to door and actually literally confiscate every single firearm that cuz I mean it's horrible, but I mean what cuz because you have uh I'm maybe I'm giving out secrets here, but you have an AR15 which is you know it's it's evil because it's the state of California allows you to have a mini 14, which has a detachable magazine and it only has a 10 round magazine, but you have an AR with a pistol grip and a, a flash hider, and all of a sudden it's some kind of magical evil gun. They they both shoot two two three, and anybody with, and that's that's I think that's the problem with a lot of like people have that you you listen to a lot of people that propose these things they don't know what the heck they're talking about when it comes to guns i mean you can do yeah you have more rounds but if you had two 12 gauge shotguns with eight round capacity and you're in a closed room with double locked buck you're going to do a lot more damage than an ar and i know that sounds horrible but these are the kind of things that they don't they don't think they like they think that somehow banning them the ar-15 or an, a semi-automatic rifle is going to like magically cure this you're, you're not going to, you're not going to you possibly, yes, you could stop some, but where after we have those. So then somebody goes out with a, a Glock 17 and, and they have, instead of having an extended magazine, they have five, 10 round magazines. Now, true. You do have like, if you train, you can do it in about a half a second and that might be enough time. But I mean, honestly, what besides a complete uh, confiscation of weapons, it's not, it's going to be a drop in the bucket.
3: Well, to your point, I mean, the idea of figuring out how many guns are moving across these state lines would be great, except that Republicans have consistently refused to do any federal studies on this. They've refused to support legislation that would actually track this kind of thing. It's considered an attack on freedom, I guess, in a way that being shot with a shotgun isn't. But even in light of that, California is still working. I mean, their death rate is about 37 percent lower than the national average. I mean, they're almost half I, of what Texas I, is.
6: I, yeah, I, I do realize in that, but we—if you took out some of the major cities, I mean, then our death rate is—and I—I think a lot of it, yeah, you could probably do something with guns, but we don't do the core issue of 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 family, and then we don't do the issue of like union jobs and stuff like that. That's part of the big, huge problem. That's the overall aspect. Yes, guns are are a part of it but i mean you've got the estimates are anywhere from 300 to 400 million you're, they're not going anywhere and this idea that just because you ban ar-15s you're you're gonna I, I technically yes i guess you could say the lethality but somebody somebody uses like i said virginia tech was a uh, semi-automatic he the, the the piece of crap had two semi-automatic i believe glock 17s or glock 19s and he was still an edge to kill thirty four people. I I believe I might be I might be a little higher. It might be a little low. I don't I don't recall. Yeah, um, but I remember in, it well. In California. It, well, and then in California we've had we've had more than a few. Yes, we've had some like that terrorist attack that was with with an AR fifteen that he illegal they illegally modified back in uh, I think that was fifteen. But then we had one in Seal Beach, uh, and I'm from Orange County. I don't know if people are familiar of that area, but a guy went in with a semi-automatic handgun, and then that horrible other one that happened in um, with the that piece of crap that went in. He had uh, in was it in Virginia the church shooting, the where he was worshiping with the black the South black, Carolina uh, Dil- oh, Dylan okay. Roof, I'm the sorry. white supremacist
3: in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
6: Well, I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to use the piece of crap's name, um, but he had he had a gun that was designed over a hundred years ago, a nineteen eleven. He had a 1911 with two magazines or three magazines. So I don't, I don't see where, unless you want to go back to muskets, but you really think people are going to give back their guns?
3: Well, I mean, having fired a musket, I don't think I want to go back to using that. But the, I mean, you make a point that that it would reduce lethality. These regulations, and they do in California. I don't think anyone expects that if you put in common sense gun safety legislation that you're going to eradicate all gun violence but we do see that the background checks in california have worked they've lowered the death rate from guns we see that making it tougher I, to-
6: yeah but then, but but then we have but then we have and i'm sorry i'm going to say it but then we have democratic politicians in the state of california that say they want to be tough on gun laws but then they take the judges ability to uh enhance firearm sentences in the commission of a crime and then that that sends this mis- mixed message. Oh, we're tough on crime. We're tough on gun laws. And then you have you have some spineless Democrat. And I'm sorry because it, it, we're a one party system here. And there's a, there's plenty of piece of crap Republicans in California too. But they they take the judge's ability away because some poor well he portrays himself as some poor kid was riding with a bunch of gangbangers and he didn't know they had guns. Well, yeah, sorry. That, I, that's the kind of stuff. And I, I'm not, I don't want to get into conspiracy stuff, but the 4473 with, with Hunter, I mean that, that you shouldn't get a plea bargain for that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. Cause I know there's a lot of people that get plea bargains, but that's what we, we don't want to, we don't want to live up to the gun laws. I mean, cause if you lie on a 4473, that's a felony, but no, we'll, 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 take it down to a diversion. We'll take it down to, Oh, a misdemeanor. You know, you don't have any infractions. Well, it, it to me it just feels like it's, in California it's a death by a thousand cuts. I mean we have a ten day waiting period. We have we have one in thirty, so you can only buy one semi automatic handgun or one semi automatic rifle um, per month. Semi automatic shotgun. Uh, we have a Dyer said ten day waiting period. Uh, we have red flags. We have yes, and it, 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 possibly it takes down some, but you can look at studies from different sites i don't know i don't know what the answer is but i know that I, I follow the rules here so i i get i i have to be subject to what the the government says i can and i can't have when some guy could go you know in a back alley and buy a a 30 round magazine and for an ar-15 and he's not going to give a crap so anyways i'm sorry i've took a lot of your time sir.
3: No, and I think I think we can agree that the the answer is follow the data. We should be easier to collect and analyze this data. And the people who are blocking that from happening are not the Democrats in this case. I mean, it, it would be great if this was a bipartisan issue. But unfortunately, we have people taking their marching orders from a gun lobby that says tracking any of this data would be bad for business. And so we are where we are. Well,
6: well, I'm not, I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to background checks. I don't have a problem with that because I'll pass them. Uh, what I'm opposed to is, it, I don't want the tracking. I don't, I don't believe the government has a right to know what I buy. If I fill out a form and I say, hey, can Chris so and so does he have any domestic violence? Does he have any history of mental, uh, uh, you know, mental health issues? You know, what the 4473 says, then, okay, he, hey, this person bought a gun. And maybe the government can know they bought a gun, but they don't need to know what type of gun it is.
3: Well, and, I, I I think yeah. that's exactly who's who we're talking about finding out anyway, is that we're blocking the government from collecting the state level data into one database well, yeah, and but, actually drawing conclusions from it. Well,
6: yeah, but they can't. They, can. they, they the, the what what you're talking about is they the ATF is forbidden from actually digitizing records because they actually can find out who owns what but it is a tedious process but that's the whole point of it because I don't know I I'm not a I'm well, not a Trump fan what if
2: I was gonna go buy 200 pounds of fertilizer Two 200 pounds of fertilizer yeah what if I what if I went out and well did see, that but see but that's that's not in the Constitution that's not in the Bill of Rights that's the whole thing. I mean, because you have this argument where people talk is AR, about... Is an AR-15 yeah. in the Bill of Rights, or is it just a well-regulated... Well, 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 well see, but then if you're going to go with that, then, then does, I, the I, do does the First Amendment... I'm buying fertilizer. Does the fir- but who has a right to, to, okay. to question why I'm buying fertilizer? Well, and you know the FBI is going to knock on my door. Really, why should you?
6: I mean, you know, that. yeah, that's that's a tricky question. It's it's it's. Do you, what? how much... How much freedom do you want to give up to feel secure?
2: Countries that's, that ban assault that, weapons have less killings with assault weapons. If we, uh, yes, and you could say, well, that's why England well, yeah, but has so means, many. That's, that's why England you, has so many knife crimes and machete crimes and things like that. But, what, well, but if yeah. you ask the people okay. they'd rather deal with that than have to deal with handguns and assault weapons. Maybe if well, we I just try to An assault weapon
6: Sorry. Is a made-up term. I, it's it's just it's a made-up term. An actual assault weapon. So was, semantics. Is
2: the, was your, its argument falls apart on semantics. It's, it's you know. Well, I'm just saying, I, lost I'm just, at just telling you, yeah, 73, you lost me at the 4473 lost you at the 4473 well, because, because, I, because Hunter Biden lied about being a drug user. You know how many people buy a gun and fill out that form? No, and lie no, no, that no, no I'm know. I just saying that's what you I'm saying. Every prosecuted every year for that. And that's what you're going to hang them up on. Get out of here.
6: Oh, really? That's what you're, I don't grow up, you know, piece of shit.
3: Why, at least I I think we've came to an agreement that there was uh, lethality lowering in California from this. No, not at all. It's something that gets people fired up. I mean, But I think even even he conceded the point that in California, you are less likely to die from a gun crime than you are in a place like Texas, that those gun laws have actually measurably decreased the death rate. We're about to have to jump right into a break here. Uh, You're listening to Sirius XM Progress. We have a bunch of calls lined up. Give us a call. Share your thoughts. 866-997-4748. Stick around.
7: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
0: This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
8: Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Friends, I hope you'll join me on my audio podcast, Justice Matters. We talk about not only the legal issues of the day, but we also talk about the need to reform ethics in our government. Here's one example, the oath of office. You know the one. I do solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Let's add 22 words to that oath. Quote, and I will promptly report any instances of crime and or corruption by government officials and employees of which I become aware. Friends, our democracy is worth fighting for. Join us in this fight because justice matters. Look for Justice Matters wherever you ordinarily find your podcasts.
3: Welcome back, folks. If you're just tuning in, I'm Max Burns, and you are indeed listening to Tell Me Everything, where I'm sitting in for the one and only John Fugel saying this week. So Let's jump to another call. Let's go to Sean in California, who has some thoughts on the Republican racism that we're seeing on display every day at this point.
5: Yeah, and I I felt like I just heard a, I don't know, 12-minute NRA commercial, but I won't even go into that. Right now, what's happening is a, uh, a thing where all the Republican politicians are doing the same thing that has been done in the past, which is trying to convince and doing a pretty good job. They're doing a great job, great job, Brownie, of convincing poor white folks that black folks are the reason why they're broke, why they're broke, why their economic situation is what it is. Because they see black basketball players, they see black football players, they see black every sport, whatever it is, and and entertainers, and they think that's all black people do. That's how simplistic the mindset is of broke-ass white people who should know better. They're not stupid, they've just been programmed from their parents for generations after the Civil War to think that black people are the problem. The problem is what they don't understand. The problem is we're all in this shit together, we all have a community, doesn't matter the fucking color of your skin and we all need to make sure we have policies and things that uplift our lives because it's our fucking tax dollars it's an investment people our tax dollars are an investment it's not a tax giveaway those tax dollars go to fund all these things we take for granted are your roads okay are your street lights working I mean, I could go on and on. But right today, today with Martin Luther King Jr., who is a nonviolent, no matter what, be nonviolent, we are in a place where Republicans with his last, you know, gun, you know, wanting to have everyone have guns thing, um, they want violence. They'll lose again, but no. You don't need to have violence to make progress. What you need to be is active and engaged. And like you said, Mr. Burns, and you have that great guest, all politics are local. You need to get involved in your local politics and make sure that these knuckleheads, because it's the lesser of knuckleheads that we want when we get to the national level. But right now, we're in a bad place unless we always show up And always kick ass at the ballot box.
3: I agree with you. And I'll let you in on a secret. Republicans know that. I mean, Ron DeSantis isn't funding all of these school board races for his health. He's doing it because he knows that's the most effective way to clear out the libraries of books they don't like, to take black education out of public schools, to further dehumanize trans kids and gay kids. And they're expanding this out. I mean, it started as being just a straight racist campaign that's now expanded out to attacking gay kids and trans kids. And it is, is indefensible. I thank you you so much for the call. I'm Mac Burns, and you are indeed listening to Tell Me Everything, where I'm sitting in for the one and only John Fugle saying this week. You're listening to SiriusXM Progress.
2: One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car,